Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. It is a little bit later in the week than we normally do. We usually like to do Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock. But as many of you have been following me on social media, you'll know that is not the case. I'll get into more of that in a minute. Usually, I would introduce myself first, but I am going to introduce my co-host, Mr. Anthony LaRocco, first. How's it going, Mark? Uh, glad glad to be back at it. Uh, you know. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of action coming, you know, trade deadline two weeks from two weeks from today. You know, Islanders and Rangers kind of going in different directions right now. So a lot to talk about. I'm excited, but I'll, I'll hand the floor off to you for you, what you have to say. Yeah, because um, today I'm I'm with a heavy heart and I'm dedicating today's show to a great man who I've known for many years in life. Bob Williams, who passed uh, Wednesday afternoon, uh, he always wanted all of us to go for our dreams and also to be practical, and that's what we did. Uh, I, I, there's too many things to sum up my father with, so uh, I'm just going to get right onto the show. We could talk about it all a different time, and... Let's get to, because we have a lot to do. And by the way, I do want to say this. I had this ready. I am going to do a shot on air from my father. <laughs> yeah. Because it wouldn't be me if I didn't pay tribute with a quick shot of whiskey. Anthony, let's, let's get into a lot of what happened this week. Of course, we're going to the A block, which is powered by SeatGeek. And you use the promo code BigAppleHockey. For $20 off your first order. Uh, check out the final buzzer. Filk might be doing a special today. We had a great time at MetLife Stadium. I want to say thanks first off to Ranger Central. Uh, Ice Cold uh, Takes and Statboy Stevens for all coming down. I would have said thank you to the man to the left. But he was working. He was up in the press box. Anthony, what was that like? Your first NHL event. Not your first NHL game but your first NHL event being up in the press box. Well, first, Mark, uh, now that you, you know, kind of announced everybody, I just wanted to say, you know, my deepest condolences for, for your loss and to your, to your family. Um, I never had the pleasure of meeting your dad, uh, but from how you are, um, I could tell you he, he did a hell of a job. He'd be proud of you. Um, 
and just remember that uh, I'll live on forever inside you. And, you know, as someone who lost my mom two years, it'll be two years in April. Um, not going to lie to you, it's, it's, it's still going to hurt even two years from now. Uh, but at least take solace in the fact that they're always watching you. So just wanted to say that first before I get into anything further. Well, first, um, thank you, Anthony, because that's that's what we're all going to have to do. And for everybody watching right now, call your parents. That's what I've been telling everybody all week. Just call your dad. You never know when the last time is. And the first thing, Anthony, I will say this before I turn it back over to you to get your experience. Uh, working this week because it was work. It was work for you. Um, <laughs> but, and it's lovely to say that it's work because, you know, it, it, when that's your work, that's that's good. But um, I am very thankful my father got to meet my wife-to-be. Uh, not my fiance, yep. my wife-to-be. Uh, he was more than delighted at at the woman that I brought to to tell him that and I I do selfishly wish he was able to be there in November when when I'm when I'm getting married and um you know what it's it's not happening but you know something it it's uh it's sort of that's just life and you have to cherish all the time you ever have with anybody right away. Yep. So that's 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 always what it is. It may not ever seem like there are those days. You're like, oh, there's throwaway days. And when you look back at it, you go, no, there aren't. There, there aren't. And uh, I will be paying a final tribute to him on uh, March 6th when we're going mm-hmm. to be in Arizona for that. So, yeah. Okay. Um, but Anthony, what was it like being up in the press box, being with uh, be- meeting meeting Gary Bettman, and seeing all the all the all the higher the the higher ups in organizations? Yeah, no, it was it was really cool. Um, it was it was special. It was you know a dream come true to be up there with the in the press box in the press box with a credential, um, with the guys from the fourth period. So thank you, um, thank you to them for you know, for getting one for me. Um, I, you know, I really, I really appreciate that because they could have, you know, easily, easily said no, but, you know, made me feel a part of the team since I joined and, uh, it was special to be there. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I was on the radio on the hot stove with them at one thirty, and, you know, we had, um, <clears throat> we had Islanders owner, John Ledecky on, which is really cool. Got to, got to meet him. Uh, and then we had Gary Bettman, as you just noted. Uh, so that was really cool seeing him. Um, and then just, just the overall, you know, experience of it and, you know, walk, walking around the press box and seeing people in the media, like Arthur Staple and, you know, Andrew Gross, uh, I saw, uh, Eddie Olchek and George Paros. Um, so yeah, it was, I even, actually, I even saw Lou Lamorella walking around. He was like, he was like five feet from me. Um, and I was, you know what, I was going to go up to him, talk to him, introduce myself, but he was uh, in conversation with someone else that he was walking with. So I'm like, eh, he's in conversation. I'm not going to do that. But uh, yeah, so I saw him too. But, you know, overall, it, it was a great experience. Uh, my, You know, for my first, well, taking my first NHL event was with Philk when we were part of um, sport, sports on the go when we did the NHL draft in Dallas in 2018. But um, this was a different feel, felt more of like an arrival for me. 
uh, yeah, and it was, you know, it was really cool. So I, I really enjoyed it. Well, first, first things first, I was, I was ignorant to that. I thought, you know what? I forgot all about off the post and sports on arrival. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, well, this is part of big Apple hockey now. That's the only thing that matters to me. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, so that. no, it was, it was cool. And, you know, um, you know, wa- watching the game in the press boxes, you have to, you have to keep in mind, which I had no problem doing, but like, you know, when the Islanders scored or the Rangers scored, you know, there was, there was no reaction for me. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't mm-hmm. know, you know, which, which team I liked. Uh, and I think, you know, that that's important once you're, you're you know, part of the media and press that you have to, you have to put those, you know, allegiances aside and just kind of take in the game. So uh, that's what I did. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. And after the game, you know, I got, I went to the Islanders locker room. Uh, I was part of the interviews with Barzell, Nelson, Sezikis. Uh, and then in the interview room, uh, Patrick Waugh. And I stayed for Zabenajad and Panarin's media availability too. So um, it was cool to be there and be around everybody. So I really enjoyed it. And again, hopefully, uh, you know, can do an event again soon, whenever that is. But yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. Well, Anthony, I got to tell you, um, as a, I'm um, a former trained actor and a, as well as a bartender that used to deal with celebrities. Like you just, you just do your job and that's what it is. And that's what the great part is about what you were able to do because they always say no cheering in the press box. And I'm pretty sure nope. even though the, 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 um, let's say the 14 year old kid in you wants to scream out. Yeah. And, and then scream out MF, but it's, um, <laughs> Uh, but you know what? Yeah, I also had to wait for it all play out, wait for all the story. And uh, there was a lot of story that had to go with that. So let me just say this. Let's first go with, uh, usually I we'll go with the Rangers narrative first, which is the Rangers 3-0 last week. Uh, so actually they're 4-0 if we include the Devils game, but they're, they're at 79 points. Uh, 18th comeback win this season. <laughs> then the Islanders blowing a third period lead. Sorry, we'll get more into that in a minute. Because by the way, Anthony, that's perplexing to me that the Islanders keep blowing these third period leads. We'll get into that in the Islanders section on this. But Rangers right now on a nine game winning streak after the Stadium Series game, they had wins over Western favorite Dallas and the New Jersey Devils. Anthony, in your opinion, are the Rangers back? among the NHL's best teams? I mean, the streak they're on right now, um, you certainly you certainly have to put them up there. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say that they're already on the Panthers level, but who I think are far, right now far and away the, better, the best team in the East. Um, Agreed. They're certainly getting back to playing. They're certainly getting back to playing more consistent hockey. Um, you know, and honestly, in the East right now, it's kind of aside from Florida and – you know, if you want to include Boston, I know Toronto's got really hot recently, so maybe you want to throw them in there. But um, the, you know, it, it seems like it's kind of wide open. So they certainly are getting back in that mix, closer to that discussion. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what they do tinker with the roster as the deadline's two weeks from me, two weeks away from now to kind of keep this going. But um, right now, there's you know a lot that I like about their game. Um, I mean, with that said. The, the stadium series game against the Islanders allowing five goals. I mean, that's not, that's not really a recipe to, to for winning games, but. And in the uh, manner again, of they, the way they, they did it. Yeah. 
they still found a way to get a win. But um, they looked really good against Dallas. They, you know, New Jersey. They that was that was a game that where you know the Devils had a lot of shots on goal. Um, so the, the if you look at kind of like the stat sheet, it can be a little misleading. Uh, but the Devils actually played a played a good game, and Shesterkin played a really good game. But I like I like the way they're playing now. It seems like they're finding a groove. Uh, and in the hockey season, as you see, Mark, there's you know there's ebbs and flows. They they've looked really good for periods of time, and then they looked really bad for periods of time. Uh, and now they're starting to get back to looking really good. So um, we'll see if they can kind of keep that going and and break the you know the the. I would say break the pattern where they kind of do that up and down, up and down and really lead some momentum here in the stretch run. But yeah, if I'm a Ranger fan, um, there's not really too much I'm disliking right now. I think I have to agree with you on that. Now, look, the number one takeaway I had from the game itself, and I do it. I did have two slotted questions on what your takeaways is from the stadium series, <laughs> both as a game and as an event, but we'll get to that in one second. My number one takeaway, I thought, was Sisterkin let in a couple weak goals, made up with it with some excellent play later on in the game. The honors were the ones that were revved up. Filk said it best in our last broadcast on how you got to be worried when you heard the honors bag skated by Patrick Waugh. And the honors came out firing. I know the Rangers scored the first goal, but the honors were the ones that were dominating the shots on net most of the game it was absolutely incredible but the rangers look this is what the advantage is about this game the rangers grinded the game out got it down now we'll get to the third period in a moment but um they grinded out the game and found a way to win the game and you're down five three after uh just a terrible i not the goal itself but a terrible play that led to the goal. It hit off a Brodzinski's skate, went right over to an open Alexander Romanov. He was able to put it in and make it five to three. You're thinking this game's over. The Allen has got it. We're going to get to both sides of this in a second and the third period, Anthony. But first things first, the Rangers power play now fifth in the league again. Now, partially because of what's gone on this week. But also, I think that... They need their power play to be successful to make their five-on-five five successful. And because your power play can get momentum to the rest of your game. Mika Zibanejad is starting to look like Mika Zibanejad. I have called him out myself. But you look at this, and let me ask you this. The third period, did you think the Islanders got hosed at all? I mean... No, I mean not really. Uh, I think they shot themselves in the foot with with being undisciplined and taking penalties. I mean, the penalty kills the worst in the league, and that's a huge problem. And um, now, with that said, I I don't think they got hosed, but I do think that that trip on Mayfield on Lafreniere that led to the tying goal, I thought that was a little ticky tacky. I, I did, um, you know, but then again. Unfortunately, in that situation, the optics of it when you get when you get your stick near another player's feet and he goes down, chances are the referee's gonna put his arm up. Um, I think mm-hmm. Lafreniere helped it a little bit. I did. I didn't. I didn't really think it was that much, but 
again, you know, Mayfield is second on the team in penalty minutes in the Islanders. He has a propensity of taking bad interference and tripping penalties um, all year long. Um, he hasn't been good. Um, and he just has to be more careful with his stick in that moment. I mean, he, he really does. Knowing the situation and the gravity of it, they had to be more disciplined. Um, you know, so, no, I, I don't I don't think they got hosed. Like I said, I, I do think it was a little ticky-tacky. Um, even the Barzell, the, Bell, the Barzell hook, that led to the the goal that made it five <clears throat> four when the Rangers pulled the goalie to make it a six on forward advantage. Barzell, I don't know what the Ranger, I don't know who the Ranger player was, but he was at the blue line, and I guess Barzell felt being at the blue line. If I hound him, I can maybe force a turnover. He got his stick up by like his over by like you know the hands area, arm area, um, and they called it. Even that I thought was it was kind of eh, but again, it's the same situation, you know when you get your stick to that level on a player, chances are the referee is going to call it. So, um, but more, it's, it's more so being undisciplined, undisciplined. They, they shot themselves in the foot. And, you know, I remember saying to myself in the press box when Mayfield took that penalty, I said, tie game for the power. Blame, sorry. I said tie game. I just knew it. The momentum, you felt the momentum. It's, I knew it was going to happen and lo and behold, it happened. So, um, no, I, I don't, I don't think they got, I don't think they got hosed, but I do think that, you know, they just they lost the game because their penalty kill is terrible and they were undisciplined. That's that's really that's really about it. And also, I'll, I'll add in Cal Clutterbuck. I think it was Clutterbuck missed the empty net from his own. If he hits that it's game over and is it there's a different there's a story narrative that plays out. And I, that's a whole different conversation. The Islanders haven't scored an empty net goal in over a year, which is unfathomable to me. But you know, Unbelievable. If, he, if he hits, if he hits the empty net there, game over. Unfortunately, he missed, and we all know what happened after that. And it's funny you say that, Anthony, because like when we're gonna we're gonna transition this a little bit to the Islanders and their story, but it's you got you you got the Islanders who they used to be the team that would get on top first period, second period, third period, doesn't matter when, and they would just lock you down and usually lock you in your own end. Like you couldn't get out. You couldn't do anything. And you want to get a shot on net? Good luck, buddy. But now they can't even hit an empty net. I mean, Kate Zegas used to be like the king of the empty nets uh, for a while. I used to bet him in fan, in, uh, um, uh, fan duel and DraftKings because I knew the he would pick up an empty net with the Islanders. Now you're going, like, well, what's going on? They, they can't hold leads in the third period. And I'll flash their stats right there in a second. But it's, 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 it's a big mystery to me what happened to the New York Islanders between Barry Trotz and now, and there's virtually the same roster. You can even argue an upgrade in a lot of positions, including goal, Anthony. What's going on? Um, I mean, under Barry Trotz, they had an undeniable identity, which was they were going to, they were going to punch the other team in the face. You were going to, you were, you were, you were going to know that you were in a fight when you played the Islanders. Um, they, you would have to fight for every inch of ice. They'd put you to sleep, force you into mistake. They capitalize. Um, and that, that identity is, is gone once Barry left Lane Lambert. You know, in the beginning, tried to 
play that style didn't work. Loosen loosen things up to the point of there was no system anymore. And things just got away from him. Um, you know, now Patrick Watt comes in, tough spot. Uh, you know, he's only so much he could do to, you know, basically get to learn and know all of his players and change everything from, you know, stoop to nuts in a short period of time. So there is certainly a big transition period. But, yeah, it's baffling to see about how, how good of a shutdown team they were when they had the lead to now when it's like every time they have the lead in the third period, you say to yourself, you know, here we go again. Um, you know, and it's happened so much this it's happened so much this year, and we're almost in March. I think at this point, it's a it's a mental it's a mental part too. I think regardless if the players will say, you know, you know they don't think about it or whatnot. Um, I think it undeniably is that when they have a lead and another team scores and starts to ramp up the intensity, the Islanders start to play scared because they have that feeling of you know here we go again. So um, you know. They have to. They have to figure it out here. You know the stretch run. You know they're they're trying to climb back into the playoff race. So it's something they're going to have to shore up before it's too late. Anthony, it's kind of funny you said it because uh, there was a comment made by John Cooper a couple weeks ago where Ranger fans were getting on Barkley Goudreau. He's got one goal this year. Oh, he's 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 terrible. Can't believe like he's still on this team. He's making three point five million. Um, um, of course, I'm rounding off on all these stats. I'm going to do it all the time, man. But I think he's making more than 3.5. But any, but John Cooper said, but when the game's on the line, that's the guy you want on the ice. Going back to the Islanders and where I'm relaying this is, you can't tell me. You got Ryan Pollock. You got Adam Pellick. You have Brock Nelson, J.D. Pajot, even Bo Horvat. And 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 they're struggling to to with a with a penalty kill, like and, and you got Elias Sorokin in that, like what the hell's going on? And it, it eventually gets it's it's almost like that episode of The Simpsons when they're getting shot in the sun and Homer's trying to figure everything out. But it's it, it's mind boggling to me that this team could ever be where they are. I mean, I had a headline here where the Islanders on the roller coaster season because. You take, for instance, Tuesday night, they come back and they, they get a 4-1 lead and then they give up the goals, but Pellick with the game winner and you're all excited. And I, I left on your uh, 4-2. Is that 4-1? Yeah. No, okay. it's 4-2. All right. Thank you for the correction. Uh, <laughs> but And then you had the game against the Blues last night, which got out of hand in 32 seconds. Like, yeah. Now... But then you look at it and go, the Islanders, where they are on the roller coaster, or do you think that they're only just a handful of points still out of a playoff spot? Yeah, they're they're in the same boat as the Devils yeah, and, and Washington now. They're all tied. They're five points behind Tampa Bay for the last wild card spot. Um, and, With you know, games the Islanders, in hand, by the way. Who, yes, the Islanders have two games in hand. Uh, the Islanders play the Lightning tomorrow. So tomorrow – for sure, 100%, no doubt about it, it's a must win if they want to get back in the playoffs race. They're playing the team, they're trailing by five points, so they got to beat Tampa. I mean, last time they played Tampa, they they smacked them 7-2. Um, you know, I I hope that the Islanders can raise their intensity for tomorrow's game with, with how important it is. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's cliche, but it's a must win. They have to, they have to beat the Lightning tomorrow. Um, and as I said, you know, 
I said this numerous times over the last couple of weeks. They have to start to get on a roll here and win, you know, four in a row or, or, or five in a row to get the good feelings. Because the, the pattern that they're doing right now is, okay, you, you lost against the Rangers. You came back. You beat Pittsburgh. Now you lost against St. Louis. You know, you, you, they, they, can't, they have to stop doing with the win one, lose one, win two, lose two. They have to, they have to rattle off, you know, at, least, at the very least three in a row and, and try to chip away here. So, um, you know, I think it's a matter of, and I'll say, I said this again as well. Um, I think Patrick was the right man for the job. Uh, I think that, you know, it's just tough for him to come in mid season and literally change everything. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if we could fast forward to next, next season after having a full training camp, I think that's when you're really going to see the Islanders start to kind of employ their new identity when he has time to, uh, a whole off season to really study and, and change things. So I think that's when you're going to see a dramatic difference. Um, for now, it's just about trying to trying to play as best you can just with your instincts and start to win some hockey games here. Uh, you know, that's certainly what they need to do. And, you know, I had this discussion online with people, trade deadline two weeks away. Um, you know, some Islander fans don't want to hear it, but lose buying. Lose buying. Um, you can't – there's there, – there's he doubled down on the roster. This is, it's the only path to go. There's no one, you know. I'll see. I hear people say, "Oh, they got to sell." There's, there's there's no one to sell. Who who you who who you sell? You're not Kazo selling Palmieri right now. No. Yeah, the, the, and it's just they, they literally have no one to sell because of contracts. I mean, maybe if Pajot and Palmieri were unrestricted free agents, the year left, it's not a big deal. You retain some money because they're gone anyway. They have years left on their contract, and Lou's not going to retain money on any of these guys, being that they're, you know, have a year and two years respectively. So um, that's not realistic. Uh, he's he's gonna he's gonna continue to try to add to this team, and um, you know, I mean, maybe if they fall down further, maybe not the case, but he'll probably just stand pat. But if the Islanders can kind of you know chip away and get to you know two points. Um, he's gonna add. It's just, it's just who it is. It's, it's the only path that he has right now. And, um, and you know what, Mark? You, you kind of, I look at it as, you know, the COVID year, when, when the world shut down and the league stopped for COVID. The Islanders, after acquiring Pajot, they were, they started to, they started to trend down. At the time it shut down, they were, I think they were tied with Columbus for the last playoff spot. Um, so things were going badly, and then. Shut down. They restarted, and you know, obviously, we all saw what happened. That they went to the conference mm-hmm. final last year. The Florida Panthers looked like they're out of it. Got on a heater at the end of the year, eighth seed. What happened to them, Mark? They got to the Stanley Cup Finals. So that's the point that I think Lou and the even the Devils feel. Um, they feel as though all you have to do is just get in, and then anything can happen. So I think that's why Lou Lamorello, I think that's what Lou Lamorello's philosophy is right now and his thinking is that he's got a new coach that he believes in. They have talent with Barzell and Dobson and Horvat and Nelson, um, Sorokin and Goal, that if they could just get in, that he's confident with the style of hockey they play, that, you know, from there they can make a run. So I think that's what the philosophy is. Um, and we'll see if, you know, the team can – can get closer to give him some, you know, more kind of more of a push to add. But I think that's what the plan is here going forward. Anthony, can I just extend from your thought a little bit on that one? 
which is last year at this time, about a month early, actually, the Islanders traded for Bo Horvat. Huge trade. Yeah. Uh, Matt Barzell gets injured two weeks into that trade, and there wasn't much time for them to figure out who they were. Now, they were able to coach their way through that and get to the playoffs. But everybody looked over and went, what's going on with Bo Horvat? Bo Horvat's a good player. We were able to figure that out. Look at him this year. Every Islander fan will take him yet again. Now, especially for that trade, Jesus, that, that trade still works out great for, for the Islanders. Looking at it this year, Patrick Waugh comes in midseason. I think it's a difficult thing to come in midseason anywhere, especially for your first time, and try to say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. I understand everybody's going to say, hey, you know what? He's a coach. You should be able to figure it out. It's sort of like you're losing 6-3 to three in an Xbox game. You hit pause. I hand the controller off to you, and then it's, all right, now what? Well, either you're going to do worse or you're suddenly going to do better. Hard to say. You got to change around the lines. You got to figure out where all the lines are. Patrick Wall has got to do on the desk. I agree with you. Next year is going to be completely different. Now, with this season, they're still not out of it. Believe it or not, they're still not out of it. And there's still... No, if, you beat, if, you beat, <clears throat> if you beat Tampa tomorrow... You're, you're three points out with games in hand. So, um, but it, it it starts with tomorrow. They have to they have yeah. to win. Uh, they have to win. And and this was a, I, I appreciate Alon. He's always on here. But this is what I was saying before that some Islander fans don't realize there is nothing to sell. No one no one is taking Pajot or Palmieri right now because the mm-hmm. Islanders aren't going to retain on the Islanders aren't going to retain on them. They got years left. Mayfield and, and Engvall have six years left in their deal. No one's taking them. Done. They're uh, Martin, nobody's taking them. Martin, Martin Clutterbuck, Fashing, you know, all these guys, Ajo, they have they have next to no value. No, so there's literally no one there's there's one there's one person to sell, and that is that is Brock Nelson. And that's simply not happening when you're within shouting distance of a playoff spot. So it's right right or wrong, yes. If the Islanders put Brock Nelson on the market right now, you'd have 31 other general managers knocking on the door and be like, "I want this guy." But yeah, he he, has, he fact, has a ton of value. We would get back he in would, line. He would, yeah, he would bring he would bring back a lot in a trade. But it's not it's not going to happen. We need to stop talking about it, Lou. That's not Lou's philosophy. I'll put it this way, Mark. The COVID year where they missed the playoffs. They were much further out of a playoff spot come the deadline. It wasn't even possible. Yep. And he still didn't sell anybody. So for the other fans saying, oh, they should trade Nelson, <clears throat> it's not going to happen. Just stop. It's not no. going to happen. Again, right or wrong, it's not going to happen. They're within shouting into a playoff spot. He still feels that he's he's a guy that can that could that could contribute next year in a, in a retool. He's not He's not going anywhere, um, and I don't know if Davis, if David's being facetious, but this. Well, yeah, yeah, that's well, certainly not. They, they both, they, they Horvat and Borzell just signed eight eight year extensions. The options he, elite. He's not going anywhere. He, he's um, definitely those being, are the guys. Being facetious. It's not. It's not happening. Um, well, especially but, now that you finally got Matt Barzell back to what Matt Barzell you I'll want him to be. be. All right, I'll be right here. I'll kill. I'll kill two seconds. But it, now you got Matt Barzell back to what you want him to be. 
and you have Bo Horvat locked in. Bo Horvat's turned in a very good season. Got to go with that. And it, the the real conundrum is, and I wrote about this, of Brock Nelson, which do you give up on him? Lou is not going to do that right now. Lou would come to that decision in the offseason, and that's a conundrum in itself because Brock Nelson is going to be, I believe, 33 when he signs his next contract. If he feels like he's an $8 million center that can get, if there's a team that's going to offer him $8 million for seven years, the Islanders might have to decline. That's just that simple. I mean, I, and Brock Nelson's a hell of a center. We would take him on any team, including any Ranger fan that wants to say it, and any Devils fan for that matter. Uh, imagine the Devils with Brock Nelson as your third line center. Yikes. Um, but it's just, and for that matter, the New York Rangers with the Brock Nelson is the third line center. Um, it's just one of those things that it's going to happen. And well, they're going to have to make a decision when I say it's going to happen. I think the Islanders end up extending him in the end. Brock has taken too many pay cuts for the Islanders. And this is also why you would doubt for that a little bit when you're, uh, taking team discounts. Let's check, let's check a couple of comments right over here. I'll wait for Anthony to get in. I want Nelson to sign with the Rangers. That's what Joe show train is saying. Uh, Anthony, what's your opinion on Patrick while pulling the goalie 10 minutes left last night? Are you on board with this strategy that he implemented Colorado? Well, you know what? And David, I knew you were being purposely over the top. Um, you know what? Uh, Here's the thing about what Patrick was is doing with that. If you're doing it with 10 minutes left, you're down by three goals. Why not do it earlier? Uh, the NHL had this philosophy for years until Patrick Waugh that, you know what? Pull the goalie three minutes left, maybe less, maybe less than that. I mean, hell, everybody remembers playing NHL on the Genesis. And they wouldn't pull the goalie until maybe a minute left. Maybe. Wild comes along, goes up with Colorado with five minutes remaining, comes back and wins, I believe it was game one against Minnesota. And all of a sudden now, everybody's now going, well, what's the point of us waiting? Which is a good point. I do have to say the backfire on that is you get a hit early and then it's, it's what's going on with that. Uh, Alexander is saying thoughts on Matt Rampe. Well, actually I've liked what I've seen out of Matt Rampe and um, Filk has said he's going to be a big addition to the Rangers going forward. I think Adam Edstrom might be a little bit more. He's more of a player, but um, going to last night, if that's what you're referring to, Alex, I thought he kept his, his elbow in, which he did. But does size come into it in the NHL question? And he, the player, which was Nathan Bastian, who was leaning over, I don't know about that. Um, it's I didn't think it was a penalty. It definitely looked like it was bad. So when people want to complain about him later, I mean, that's a big guy hitting a guy that's leaning over. Now, let me say this about Nathan Bastion. Nathan Bastion went for a finesse move in the second period and 
Jacob Truba cleans his clock. I mean, is Jacob Truba supposed to ease up on him because you got hit in the first period? Like, what are you doing? And then, look, Nathan Bastian went after Jacob Truba to be like, what are you doing hitting me? Well, that's that's exactly where that is right there. Um, David is saying I'd pull the goalie with the amount of time that's left. If you're on the power play, six on four is better than six on five. That is correct. Uh, John is saying if Victor Tikhanov didn't pull the goalie at all, well, yeah, he, he didn't know what to do. They were always leaning. Um, Justin is saying the Rangers should get rid of Goodrow. Well, there's still good qualities of Goodrow. Sorry about that, everybody. Um, is there good qualities of Goodrow? Of course there is. This is the go the hard part about doing everything on the Mac, where if I'm, I mean, when I was on my desktop, it was a lot easier. So thank you to the 30 of you right here, right now. Wicked is saying, I'm totally for pulling the goalie early. If you're down by that much, who cares if you lose 5 nothing? If you get that goal early, then maybe you can get back into the game. That is a good point. J.E. is saying, <laughs> um, <laughs> by the way, David said, big addition, slow clap. <laughs> J.E. is saying, the New York Rangers brutalized the Devils. I mean, it was just demoralizing. You could see it in the faces on the Jersey bench. Look, I got to tell you about this. Uh, I picked the Devils to come out of the East at the beginning of the season. I don't know where that team is. They are slow. They are constantly injured. Their goaltending is awful. Um, we could go on for them for a while. Now, let's see about them a month from now. Let's say they get UC Soros in a trade, which I do not believe works in the regular in the regular season to acquire a goalie in the middle of the season or at the trade deadline. Because the last goalie to have success, I've gone over this, is um is Wade Flaherty. Oh no, sorry, went to the wrong one. Dwayne Rollison. Edmonton Oilers, uh, and he ended up going from Tampa Bay to Edmonton and going to the Stanley Cup Finals. It doesn't happen that often anymore. If Ryan Miller couldn't get the Blues to the second round when they were probably at their best defensively and he was at his best as a goaltender, that kind of tells you what you need to know. And uh, and then he puts Struba in a headlock. J.E., you're right about it. Because, look, if you're Bastion, you got to do that. you got to stand up for yourself. But on the other hand, what the hell? Uh, DP is saying Ed, Edstrom is a beast. Once he gets his game down, huge upside there. I'm hoping on that. Prediction on Rangers for Flyers for tomorrow. I'm going to say, you know what? Betting against the Flyers is a bad solution. But you, you can't go against the Rangers right now. If they throw, if they decide to throw quick in, and there's going to be a back-to-back coming. They decide to go quick. Um, I'm still in favor of the Rangers, but man, John Tortorella, John Tortorella's coach of the year. How is John Tortorella not the coach of the year? All right, guys, I'm going to take uh, <laughs> BH must love AT and T. Huh? Well, oh. Because I, I went off for a second. Yeah. No, that was Goudreau's move for the offseason. In my opinion, Alex is saying, even though it wasn't a penalty, I think 
Uh, he's doing too much for his second game. Yeah, I get it. Not a good look for coaches if you're getting a full game penalty. Look, I understand that what you're saying right there. And now that we got Anthony back, guys, we're going to go to our NHL bar talk. But first, we have to stop and take a message from DraftKings for the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Shot. This is the easiest side to answer. I'm going to say beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. And welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we're gauging our top our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident that you're buying everybody around? So-so, I'll have a beer. Or, oh, God, I'll take a shot. Play along down in the comments below, guys. And by the way, I didn't get a chance to say it on air, but thank you to Ranger Central and all the boys that got me this. It's a layup. It's a layup chart. And if you don't understand, you got Blake Griffin because it's Lob City. You got Ken Talbot because why not? PLT. I mean, all these guys on there. Jeremy Lynn, who I've called Anthony so many times. And, of course, Lou and Frank Vetrano on there. Guys, thank you very much. Uh, I That's great. Turned around the camera on there. It was a, it was a great <laughs> gift I got from the boys at the tailgate. And Anthony, of course, I got to plug this. Make sure if you want a Big Apple hockey hat, click the, the link below. And we're going to have a trade deadline special coming March 8th. We hope there's a lot to talk about it. And Anthony, speaking of a lot to talk about, we're going to start with the New York Rangers because they made news this week. A matter of fact, Wednesday. Signing Johnny Brzezinski to a two-year, one-way deal. So he's going to stay with the big club pretty much no matter what. The Rangers, Johnny Brzezinski, ends their need at center. <laughs> Brzezinski spelled with an I at the end, not Y. <laughs> um, but motherfucker, so it wouldn't be a mark. It wouldn't be a mark spelling gap if, if you didn't include that. Um, <laughs> but I mean, no, I would, I would say. I would say shot because he he's played well, but just because you re-signed him, like for instance, if like if Brodzinski stands in the way of like getting Adam Henrique or someone who's who's like a better a better center, um, I mean that would be short sighted for the Rangers. Uh, so, I mean, in the best case scenario, you get it, you get a better third line center. You can always move Brodzinski to the four C role. So, 
No, I, I don't. I don't think it takes the Rangers out of the market for a three C. I think they very much would or still are kicking tires on a guy like Henrique. Um, so I am. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go shot with this one. Uh, with that said, I do think they all they're also in the market for a scoring wing as well. Um, but no, I, I don't think it ends their need at center by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I'm gonna go with shot on this as well. I'm gonna cover your face again, Anthony. I think if you're telling me Nick Dowd, who a lot of our viewers are saying the Rangers should go after, as well as let's say for instance, I don't think Adam Henrique is in play. I just don't. Um, if they're asking for a first round draft pick, good, eat it. Um, I don't think there's a first round draft pick that you have to give up for a single player on the rumored trade line right now, except for Noah Hannafin. I think Noah Hannafin would cost your first round draft pick. I don't think anybody else would. And I think right now they're thinking it's a seller's market. We're going to see about that soon enough. But I do think Brzezinski's played well enough. Now, is his offensive production good enough? It's been okay. It hasn't been great. Uh, he had an assist last night. Um, or not an assist. It wasn't credited to him when Alexa Lafreniere scored his first goal. But it's, it's one of those things that He's played well enough for the Rangers to give him an extended look. Now, if you're telling me that you could upgrade your third-line center and Brodzinski goes to four, now I'm really listening. And that's what so, the Rangers are going to have to a look lot of, A lot of comments about Yanni Gord in the comments section here. A lot. Uh, a lot. Arthur, Staple, Arthur Staple today mentioned Gord, but he said that the biggest hurt, the biggest kind of like stumbling block in the way of Gord is that He's under contract, I think, at like five, I think like five point something. Um, so that that would be tough for the Rangers to fit in going forward for next season. So I don't know uh, how they would make that work. I don't think I don't think Seattle would really have any appetite to take back a guy like Barclay Goudreau in the deal. Um, so I, I would re, I would actually really be curious how the Rangers would make that work. Um, yeah, well, I mean, otherwise, is at 5.1, by the way. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that, that's tough for the Rangers to work in. Um, I don't, I don't know if, if they would be able to make, make the financials of that work. Anthony, well, we're going to switch uh, gears and go to the Islanders. Now, one guy who Patrick Waugh, Handle with kid gloves and a guy that felt badly about the outcome on Sunday night was Noah Dobson, who tried that saucer pass that Artemi Pinner knocked down and ended up scoring the game winning goal on. However, look at the positive on this. Noah Dobson is third in the NHL right now in defenseman scoring. Uh, he's 58 points. And you gotta you gotta ask this question: is Noah Dobson a finalist? For the Norris Trophy right now, it's a round. It's an easy round. We, it's it's going to be McCarr, Hughes, Dobson. I mean, Dobson is, and I, I actually talked to the guys um, with the fourth period about this at at the game, um, and he's he's within shouting distance of of McCarr and Hughes in in points. He plays on a much he plays on a much less talented team. I mean, Hughes has guys like Besser and Miller. Um, 
Pedersen, all around him that if you look are amongst the league leaders and categories, Besher with goals, Miller goals, Pedersen points. Even his defensive partner, Phil Peronic, has a lot of points. And then Colorado was a machine too. The fact that Noah Dobson is in their category right now in terms of the realm of the production and he plays more minutes, he hits more, he blocks more shot, he blocks more shots. I think this this is a case of where you take all that into consideration. He should win the damn thing. But he's certainly gonna be a finalist for sure. Um I'm only going beer for one reason. Let me start first with the case against Noah Dobson. Then I'm going to make the case for him that says, yes, he should easily be in there. First, Anthony, let me say this, that if you may not look at the eye test, maybe you look at a a turnover like Sunday, you go, oh, no, 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 you shouldn't do that. Maybe one guy I can think of off the top of my head is Josh Morrissey. Maybe he sneaks in there ahead of Dobson, makes him fourth. Here's why I'm going to go you with uh, going to go with Dobson. Needs to get much more respect. The Islanders' goal differential this season. Do you know what it is? It's like a minus twenty six, I believe. You are correct on the nose. And, yep. and what's Dobson's plus minus? He's a plus. He's a plus, plus nineteen. 11, plus yeah, He's a plus so 19. Yeah. Everybody might want to rip on like plus minus and everything, but in this case, Dobbs is getting power play points, Anthony, and they're not going to his credit. I mean, he should he should be like in, in minus five or something like that if you're using that logic. Instead, he's a plus 19 on a team that has given up 26 more goals than what they have scored. I, I gotta I gotta give the kid all the credit in the world. We've been singing his praises all season. That's that's for sure. I mean, I'll, so, I'll say this: Cal McCarr is sixty points. He's got two more points than Noah Dobson, and he plays with guys like Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen, and the Avalanche are, are one of the best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Noah, Noah Dobson is a stud. He is absolutely a finalist. Um, if he's not, there's something seriously wrong. And for that matter, let me just click on that right right now, just to prove that other point. That if you said Kale McCarr's plus minus, you're looking at a guy that's a plus six on a team that is far superior goal uh, goal differential. Mm-hmm. They're a, they're a plus twenty nine. Like think about that for a minute. Like it figured it would be the other way around. Like Dobson is the one that's having trouble. No, <laughs> not the case. Not the case. Anthony, we're gonna start with the Pacific. Usually we go to the Metro first, then we go to the Pacific. We're gonna go all over the place with this one. But the Oilers, 39-1 and under Chris Knobloch. Is Chris Knobloch coach of the year? Um, no, no. I, I got to say that, I mean, there's a lot of guys you could look to this. You could talk about Jim Montgomery again. Mm-hmm. You can talk about Paul Maurice. Mm-hmm. You can talk about Rick Bonus. Um, you can talk about Rick Tockett. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say John Tortorella is coach of the year for me. If I if I had to vote, my vote counted. I would say Torts. I mean, the Flyers were expected to be a lottery team. They still they still haven't gone away. Um, and this is a guy that look at his roster. I mean. 
he's getting the most ever like Travis connecting has really took a couple of steps in his development. Um, you know, Sean Couture has come back when it looked like at one point his career could be done. You know, he, he's still a, a productive player. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, he, the torts has gotten so much out of this roster that on paper before the season, you looked at it and we talked about it. We trashed mm-hmm. the flyers. We're like, Oh, this, this is going to be an ugly year. And no, um, they're they're still hanging third in the metro, and they got a decent lead on the on the Devils, Capitals, and Islanders now. I think they're up. I think excuse me. I think they're up seven points on them. So, yeah, for me, it's Torts. No knock on Knobloch. Listen, he came in, turned the Oilers around. But I mean, the Leon Drysdale, Connor McDavid on that roster. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's shot for me. Anthony, it's going to be shot for me too. Uh, I'm going to also say this. Chris Nalbach's done a hell of a job. Let's give him all the credit in the world. But when I'm trying to sell him as coach of the year, look, you, you got a guy with a winning percentage like that, he's going to raise some eyebrows. <laughs> For me, I said it in, in midseason, and he's only gotten more adversity, and he's only strengthened his team. But John Tortorella, to me, is the coach of the year. He has been phenomenal with what he's been doing for the Philadelphia Flyers. They have the distraction of Carter Hart being taken off the team, and they're still winning. I mean, they're beating yeah. good teams. They beat the Winnipeg Jets. They're they've they've beaten a lot of good teams. And you know what? The New York Rangers better make sure they win their game against them tomorrow. And they they got to keep this rolling because there's a team coming up behind them. Because Anthony, in their last 22 games, Carolina Hurricanes 17 four and one. They are looking like the Carolina Hurricanes, we thought we were going to be seeing all season. So I'll ask you this. Even though they have a game in hand and they're six points back, Carolina Hurricanes will pass the New York Rangers by the trade deadline. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go shot. Uh, I mean, there's six, but there's six points behind the Rangers. Six points behind the Rangers with a game in hand. Yeah. Um, no, nah, I mean, uh, I mean, they they may get closer. You know, they may get put some pressure on the Rangers. May get down to three, but for, I think for the Hurricanes to pass the Rangers in in two weeks, I think the Rangers would have to go on a pretty decent slide for that to happen. So I'll say shot. Um, but the Hurricanes certainly have turned it around. Um, they, they they're going to get back Freddie Anderson soon. They're likely going to make moves at the deadline, uh, and I think they're. I think for me, they're, they're going to solidify themselves uh, in that second spot. But I, I would be really surprised if they caught the Rangers by the trade deadline. I'll tell you what, Anthony. I'm going to go shot on this first, and I'm not being a homer. Um, I will say this right now: the I think the Rangers, the next five games. They've get they get the Flyers, they get Columbus, Columbus, then they get the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Florida Panthers, and then they're off until the trade deadline passes. I think in this case, Laviolette is going to keep them focused and keep them moving forward. They might lose tomorrow to the Philadelphia Flyers. They're going to have to regroup and go beat Columbus, whom they've had trouble with this season in the two games that they played. Now. To Carolina, that's a 
bit of a tall task to make up six points that quickly and get past them. The Rangers aren't going winless. So I do think Carolina isn't going to get there. Carolina's found their game. That's the number one thing to remember about this. Carolina's found their game and look out Mm -hmm. for them. My question right back at you, and you don't have to worry about, uh, it's just a yes or no, is Pyotr Kochekov, the goalie, you're going to run with in the playoffs with them? No, I mean, I think if Anderson gets back and, he, and he's healthy, I think Anderson's the guy they go to. But um, Kochekov will certainly be the backup if he falters. And don't forget, they have Spencer Martin now in Carolina too. So, you know, he's in that mix as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on, going to, by the way, the Florida Panthers, the team that outed them. Now, this one I have to update because they did lose last night. But they, this was from Wednesday. They beat the Ottawa Centers to move into the top spot in the East. Boston then won to uh, to get back the top spot. But, Anthony, I'm going to ask you this question because the Panthers right now are at 78 points. They are just short of the best team in the NHL. They're too short of Boston and Vancouver. The Florida Panthers will win the President's Trophy again. Mm. Certainly possible, but I'm I'm going to say beer. Uh, my pick right now is going to be Vancouver. Um, now, I think Vancouver may win the President's Trophy, but I am unsure about them come playoff time. You know, they they don't have much experience, and, you know, I, I think it could be a recipe for them to falter there. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to say beer here. My gut says the, the Vancouver Canucks. I'm going to go beer as well. I'm more confident that it's a more of an IPA. So let's say a stronger beer. Yeah. Maybe Arrogant Bastard, which was one of my favorite beers to drink. But uh, Anthony, this is, this is a hell of a team. And you look at the Panthers, they can, they can get by the Bruins. They can beat the Bruins and they very well can win the president's trophy. I'm not sure if Paul Maurice ever won the president's trophy in his career. And I know yeah. some of the players on there were on a team that obviously won it two years ago, but they're also so focused. I wouldn't be surprised. And originally it was going to be, they're going to win the Atlantic. I had to up this in our rundowns because you know what? You got to up the stakes. It's what it's all about. So we'll see about that. I do think the Panthers, if I'd be shocked in my opinion, we did this last week. They're going to come out of the Atlantic bracket. I think I'd be shocked that the Panthers aren't representing the Atlantic in the conference finals and perhaps the Stanley Cup finals. We'll see about that one. Last one. And then we're going to get to your comments right now in a second, everybody. So keep on with your comments right now. Austin Matthews, 52nd goal of the season in his 55th game. What a season he is putting together. Anthony, Austin Matthews. 351 goals in 536 career games. I know everybody wants me to ask this question, Anthony, and I'll, I'll say this first. Ed, give me a yes or no. Austin Matthews, 70 goals this year, yes or no? 
Yes. Okay, I'm going to go yes as well. I mean, it, it, who knows? He can get hot and get it. it <laughs> 80, be the uh, uh, Filk would be able to say it off the top of his head. I think he'd be the seventh player to get to 80. And the first ones is Hall, I believe, in uh, 91, 92. But again, Filk would correct me on that one. Uh, I wish he was here. But Anthony, I'm going to ask a bolder question. At the end of his career, Austin Matthews will be NHL's all-time goal scorer. Um, we don't we we don't want any layups. You know, I know right now he. I I know I know right now that he's. You know, we talked about this in our chat when you compared him to Ovechkin at this kind of at this stage. Uh, he's ahead of like kind of like right there, but I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. I mean, it's just it's just so hard. what what we've seen with Alex Ovechkin is kind of like a you know once in a generation type thing. Um, I mean, the guy was stayed healthy. I mean, Ovechkin was never he never missed the you know extended periods of time due to injury. Um, and you just don't know in this day and age with, you know, with Matthews, who knows what can happen and don't get me wrong. He's clearly the best goal scorer in the world right now, but I mean, I don't know, put it this way. I mean, Ovechkin, who I think everyone thought was a shoe in to break Gretzky's record prior to this year, um, you know, thought that maybe he would do it. Now, all of a sudden it looks like he may not even be able to, and he's within shouting distance. So I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say no, but with, with actually the pivot back to Ovechkin right now, Mark, um, he's, he's heated up of late. He's got 16 goals and now it's, you know, pretty, it's pretty conceivable. It's pretty conceivable that, he, uh, that he, gets, uh, she made a cameo, uh, that he gets to 25 goals, which a while ago would think that he may not even reach 20. So he's at, He's at 838 goals, Mark. If he if he reaches, you know, 25, which would be like nine more goals, so that's uh, eight. That's like 847. So he's gonna be like he's gonna be like 50, 50 something goals off the record. And all he's got to do if he plays three more years is score like 15 goals over the course of those three years. So Ovechkin still might catch Wayne Gretzky. Just wanted to kind of add that in there, despite oh, his no. down year. But my, my question, I'm going to say Matthews, no. No, I don't know. By the way, Matthews will not be. By the way, it's 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 hard to multitask in general, and Anthony is able to both parent and quote hockey stats at the same time. So <laughs> um, the the case with this one, Ovechkin very well, very well might pass Gretzky, but I think it might be Matthews passing Ovechkin. Which, as an American, I would take an immense amount of pride with that one. So, sorry to my Canadian friends that are listening right now. But this is... I'm going to go beer on this one. Because I don't know if Matthews is slowing down. And it's not because Matthews... I think Matthews is more of a complete player than Ovechkin is. And I'm not saying that in any way to offend Alexander Ovechkin. But Ovechkin was actually healthier than Matthews is. At this mm-hmm. at this time, but Matthews just plays. He scores. It's what he does, and it's it's crazy to me. Yep. I think Matthews is a shoe in for seven hundred. I think I would if you rate it as odds. I would say 
he's a three out of four chance to win to, to score 800. I mean, you look at the numbers, he's on pace way further than Ovechkin. Not way, but still, he's ahead of Ovechkin. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Matthews does it. I'm going to get to the people in a second who are going to call me an idiot. Do not worry. You are not alone. <laughs> you would be like every other person on the planet. Guys, thank you very much for Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk. We engaged our confidence on angel topics based on our choice of drink. Let's get to some of your comments below. And by the way, do you think you could actually parent and quote hockey stats like Mr. LaRocco does? Throw your comments down below. Let's take some of your questions, guys. And um, we'll go with, I'm just going right to the bottom right now. Heck, Ovi had uh, to do with two short-handed seasons. Jay, you're right about that one. Ovi had to be healthy, David is saying, uh, and play to 41 to come close to Wayne Gretzky. Matthews doesn't stand a chance. Could be true. But yeah, I mean, um, there's there's something to be said for for longevity, and we don't know if Matthews is going to have the same longevity longevity as Ovechkin, so it's hard to say definitively, you know. Well, Matt asked this question: uh, Do you think Matthews hits fifty and fifty? <laughs> Technically speaking, not this season, but he already did it. Well, um, there's that asterisk there's, that's there's in talk, there. There's, there's talk about him doing. There's some talk about him doing 60 and 60. He would need he would need eight goals in his uh what are the maple he's played in how many games? He's done Matthews? uh 50, 53 games. Uh, I think I had it on there. I had the number right there. Let me just find it. I think it was 50 uh 52 goals in 55 games. All right, so he he would need he would need eight goals in his next five games to to do 60 and 60. So, I mean, that's that's on the table. <laughs> that's certainly on the table for him, the way well, he scores. You, so, uh, yeah. He, if you go to 50 and 50 on Wikipedia right now, you're going to get the guys that do 50 goals in 50 team games. Then you get the guys, the guy that did 50 goals in 50 personal games, yep. Cam Neely, 1993-94. Uh, yep. Then you have Austin Matthews, that if you took 50 games in his season from his first goal to his 50th goal, he did it in the middle of the season. So technically, in a way, Matthews has already done 50 and 50. Now, can he do 50 of 50 in a regular season? It's it's very hard, especially nowadays. But um, as Chris T is saying, Ovi's got two seasons left. First of all, by the way, let's let's give credit to Wayne Gretzky and how great of a player he was. He's not even the NHL's best goal scorer in a way, if you're if you're asking people's opinions. And yet Wayne Gretzky mm -hmm. has the most goals of all time, and he nobody's even close to him. So that, that tells you right there. Um, like JV is saying, Ovi is catching him, minus a career-ending injury. I've often said this about Alexander Ovechkin. I think Ovi is Brett Hall 2.0 with speed and talent. And when those, those legs go, he's just going to set up, find soft spot, one-time goals. If he left the Capitals, Anthony, I think – and I don't think he's going to leave the Capitals. I think that's part of the problem. If you left the no. Capitals, went to say 
Florida because every Russian goes there now. He's, he's, um, not, he's not leaving the Capitals. He's not leaving the Capitals. Well, let's say the Capitals get a playmaking center. Then you might see a resurgence, and that would help him. Justin is asking this one. Do you think – oh, I clicked on that one. Sorry. Do you think the Rangers could get Jordan Everly at the trade deadline, Anthony? So Seattle is three points out of wild card spot. Um, mm -hmm. They're right there. Um, last last I heard is that Seattle, to my surprise, is actually they're actually looking to try to extend Everly. So I don't I don't know what they're going to do with him. I would imagine you know in these next two weeks if they close that gap. And are you know three points or less from a playoff spot, or or even in a playoff spot? Um, I'm not sure Eberle gets moved. So for me, he's he's like on the he's like on the bubble. Um, I I don't I, I'm not really I'm not convinced he's going to be traded. I mean, if if Seattle falls out of it, and you know he passes on their extension. Then yeah, I would I would say Everly's going to be an option for a bunch of teams, but right now my my gut is that he stays in Seattle. I would think that they that he stays in Seattle right now. I, they're they're too close, and he's a big part of them. Like he's an original. I understand using the words original yeah. Kraken might not hold their weight, but look at what happened with Vegas. <laughs> that you had the the five original Vegas players start the Stanley cup finals last year, game five. Look, Anthony, I, I, I think that that helps. And I think, I, I, I don't think they're going to look to move. I'm going to, I think they're going to look to resign. Yeah. Whether or not he chooses to stay there is one thing, but I know they're trying to. So we'll, we'll yeah. see. We'll see how that, how that develops. Yes. Um, so would that make him the biggest thing in the moves? Who? Would that make him the biggest name that moves to the trade deadline? Eberle? No, not at this point in his career. I would say, you know, I would say even, you know, Hannafin, Frank Vetrano, or I would, would be bigger, would be bigger news than Eberle moving. Um, one guy that's talked about surprising enough, despite where they are on the standings, is the Flyers and Scott Lawton. There's been a lot of teams calling the Flyers on Scott Lawton. He's got some term left. Um, he's been linked to the Rangers too. Uh, he's your prototypical, you know, third line center. Um, I think he's a guy that, even though the Flyers haven't been in the playoffs in a while, uh, I think he would have. He's like your, if you had to pick, he's a guy that would perform well in the playoffs. Um, so I would, I would watch out for Scott Lawton, for the Rangers and some other teams. Um, I think the Flyers may, if they get an offer like a first round pick. I think they might move him. Anthony, Scott Long's been one of those guys that's been on the trade market since 2014. I remember that back then when the Rangers were trying to get him. Or Scott Atkinson. I'm oh, sorry, Scott Atkinson. Jesus. Cam Atkinson. Cam. Um, yeah. Uh, who the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so Cam Atkinson, who also, by the way, is going to be – I think that's the guy the Flyers are going to move. Flyers are going to move Cam Atkinson. But – as uh -huh. NWR for Life is saying, I don't want Scott Walton. That's all right. But you know what? And as Matt is saying right here, Walton is a bum. Keep him away from the Rangers. He's Goudreau 2.0. So I don't think Novak is going to be 
exactly available. He's an RFA, right? Novak from the uh, the Predators. Predators. Um, yeah, I believe he has. He's still under team control. Um, <laughs> but again, Nashville is a team that's that's in that they're they're very much in the mix. So I don't know. I'm not sure if Nashville will opt to move Novak. Uh, Anthony, that's what, you I'm know trying what? to this next Mark this next week. Like I said, there's there's two weeks to the trade. That actually Novak is going to be UFA. He is going to be UFA. Just look. Oh, he's going to be uh, UFA. All right. Yeah. Um, because he, he's making nothing. Trade deadline two weeks from today. I think what happens in this from now to next Friday, I think the pick the the picture of sellers, buyers out there is going to become a little more clear. You would think um, some teams are going to probably use this these next two weeks to determine which direction they're going to go. Speaking of the Caps, um, you know, even surprisingly, the Caps are tied with the Devils and the Islanders. I think they're in a different situation than both teams. Um, the Capitals are one of the lowest scoring teams in the league. I think, I think they know, even despite them being in the mix, that they are not in a position to to go for it with any kind of move, which which mm-hmm. similar to Flyers are might they might move Dowd regardless of where they are. So no, I don't I don't think the Flyer the, the Capitals are going to be making any trades. I think what they're going to do is view this as house money. They're going to keep trying to win some games, and if they could squeak in with the roster they have, I think that's what they're going to do. But I don't think they're they're going to move any pieces to try to you know, bring in a couple of guys. Uh, quite the they opposite. So I think they might few, even still move out. They have so few pieces left, Anthony. I, I don't think they can do that. I think what they have to do then No, they're is, not. They're not. Yeah. What they have to do then is focus on rebuilding this roster. By the way, this is something that the Pittsburgh Penguins should have done like three years ago. I understand I'm saying that in a year that they won the division. But by the way, they, they probably should have looked at doing that in 2019. But you take a step back. You know, you know what it is? You know what it is, Mark? It, it, you could even maybe classify the Penguins because they're only two points behind the three teams I just mentioned. But um, I think a lot of these teams, the Devils, the Islanders, um, again, I, I think they look at what the Panthers did last year and say to themselves, hey, you know, the Panthers were in the same situation. Everyone was kind of saying the Panthers, ah, you know, they're not, you know, they're not even going to make the playoffs or even if they do get in, they're just going to lose to Boston, which is the same thing as this year. Whoever gets in that eighth seed, the people are going to say, oh, well, oddly enough, ironic now, oh, they're just going to lose to Florida in the first round. So yeah, I think some of these teams kind of view that as, listen, anything can happen once you're in. And I think mm-hmm. if you, I think for teams, for general managers like Tom Fitzgerald, Lou Lamorello, when you look at your roster and you see good pieces in place and just an area or two where you need to improve upon, it's worth it for them to still go for it because I think it, once they get in, that things can change and they can you know win a round or two. So um, I think that's what Tom Fitzgerald's thinking. I think that's why the Devils are going to try to acquire a goaltender. A lot of smoke about behind Jacob Markstrom. Now there's some talk that they're going to talk to the Predators about UC Saros. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're in the market for Chris Tanev, uh, with, with Dougie Hamilton being out. Um, so they very much still believe that, you know, with some tweaks, they can get in and make a decent run. And 
you know, same the same thing goes for Lamorell and the Islanders. You know, he looks at he looks at having guys like Barzell and Dobson who have an elite years. Bo Horvat's been fantastic. Brock Nelson is once again going to finish with close to forty goals. Um, and you have Ily Sorokin and Net. He feels as though you make some moves, you get in the playoffs. You know, with that recipe of players, anything can happen. And I think that's what you're going to see here with the Devils, the Islanders, not so much the Capitals. Um, but maybe even the Penguin. Well, actually, with Gensel out, the Penguins' philosophy the philosophy may have changed. I don't know if they're going to make any moves to buy. Um, but even you know, even in the West, you know, we just talked about Seattle. You know, Seattle's three points out. You know, talking about selling Everly, Gord, Wenberg. They may look and say, "Listen, our, our competition for the wild cards are flawed teams like St. Louis and Nashville." You know, let's let's add a couple of pieces and try to get in. So. Um, I think this is what we're looking at right now. Uh, I think this next, like I said, week or so, I think will will really determine which some of these which direction some of these teams are going to go. Um, and hopefully, Mark, I know we talked about how like after the Lindholm and Monahan trades happened, that we thought maybe the floodgates were going to open, and this deadline is going to yeah. be really boring. Here we are, two weeks to the day, and there hasn't been anything else. So maybe we'll get our wish. Maybe deadline day will be action-packed. Um, but with that said, historically, the week that we're coming into, which is the one week out week, that's when things really pick up, and you see a lot. You know, you see a lot of trades. So <clears throat> I think some more guys are going to come off the board between you know now and a week from today. But you know, we'll see. Well, again, I just want to say, first off, thank you to everybody that's watching us right now. We got the 44 year right now, which thank you. Make sure you appease the YouTube gods and hit that subscribe button and the like. Now, going back to this into the comments, I I do have to agree. I think Novak would be a great addition for the New York Rangers. I agree with JE right here. Matt also agrees with this. Justin, I do have to let you know about this one. Uh, what about a Vladimir Tarasenko reunion? It's not <coughs> happening. The Rangers still have Tarasenko money on their books, and it's mm -hmm. a salary cap circumvention. Statboy Steven broke this down for people on Twitter, and I even talked to him about the at, at the um, at the tailgate we had, and it's just it's not going to happen. The third side of that is for the Rangers. I don't see. I, I didn't see what the Rangers were in love with with Tarasenko last year, so I'm not about that. And I know the Rangers need speed is what J.E. is saying. But you know something? Uh, Tarasenko didn't exactly bring the speed. Chris G. is saying, I fear the Devils after the deadline if they get those pieces. Here's the thing. I do have to ask about this one, Anthony. And maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. They get Dougie Hamilton back late in April. Like, uh, sorry, late mm -hmm. in the season, early April, I mean. So right before the playoffs. You have UC Soros, who they're rumored to get. Let's say they get him. And then it's going to be, all right, they get Soros. You install the goaltender, but he's going to be behind two rookie defensemen and really a decor that hasn't been that good. And you watched that game last night. They weren't that great. So you got to hope he's still at UC Soros level. And then the last piece of that is you got Chris Tanev, who is coming in as UFA. He might already have be thinking about free agency at that point, especially if the Devils don't get their their stuff together. 
And you get Lindy Ruff right now who's blaming the media? He's blaming the media? What the hell is he doing? I mean, no, Mark, I, I kind of – I don't – I think you're – if the devil's got UC Saros, I think that's cause for concern because their, their goaltending is not good. And UC Saros, um, you know, certainly a top 10 goalie in this league. I mean, some people make Casey's top five goalie in the league. Uh, so if the Devils added UC Saros, that I would be, I would be not only for this year, but going forward, I would be concerned because they have a lot of young talent. And even, even if they miss the playoffs this year, you got to imagine they're going to be back next year. So Saros um, answers a lot of questions for them. So I would I would not want to see Saros go to New Jersey or even or even Jacob Markstrom for that matter. I mean Markstrom there was last week it was Elliot Friedman reported that a deal with the Devils and Markstrom was pretty much agreed upon. They just couldn't figure out I think the financials of it, but um Devils are certainly poking around for goaltending and whether it be Saros or Markstrom uh if they got one of those guys that could push them into the playoffs. Yeah, um, and we were talking about Vladimir Tarasenko just now. Uh, he has uh, 40, 44 goals in 91 playoff games. Uh, that's what it was. Oh, it's 97, I'm sorry, uh, for that. The guy, can, the guy can score in the playoffs. He's been able to do it. Now, I do have to say, I, I do have to say that I think it's a big adjustment for a goaltender to come over midseason. I've been, I've been beating this drum for a long time. Yeah, it is. And I think... I think it's tough, and I, I would hope. Uh, look, if anybody could do it, Soros is one of those guys. I still, I still have to ask that question of. Look, you if you're gonna tell me talent, Anthony, hundred <clears throat> percent. Talent doesn't always win, and that's why offensive teams usually don't win. You need coaching in the playoffs. You need the scheme. I, I, I just don't see it if it's just them assembling a bunch of things, which I guess might lead us into this one. And where if life is asking, are you guys surprised that GM Fitzgerald has not made a move yet for a goalie? And do you think that last night's beatdown causes the Devils to flinch and pay the high asking price? Well, as I just said, he, he they almost did get a goalie. Markstrom to the Devils apparently was pretty close last week, but um, it kind of, I don't know if you want to say it fell apart, but it ended up not happening. So uh, I think Fitzgerald. Gerald has been looking, poking around for a while for a goalie. It's just a matter of, you know, when the price comes down to your liking, that's when you pull the trigger. And uh, certainly I think even they could still get Markstrom. I think it's still a work in progress. But now they're also looking at Saro. So am I surprised it didn't happen yet? I mean, maybe a little bit, but these things take time. And I would say... Short of the Devils maybe like losing their next three, four in a row, uh, I think they're going to be making a move for that goaltender. You know what's funny? Because, again, Ranger fans keep bringing up Vladimir Tarasenko as Ranger Central is doing right here, even though, again, I broke down Statboy Stevens said it's not happening. Because um, the salary cap circumvention, that's the reason why it's not happening. But he brings up a good point. Uh, Tarasenko doesn't move me. I think everybody <laughs> is a perfect fit. If he's not available, I would want Joseph Zucker or Riley Smith. Riley Smith is not coming. The Penguins are not trading him here. So, actually, the, he's he's been he's been mentioned now. He might he might be on the move. I heard he's been linked to Vegas, a reunion there in Vegas. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Riley Smith could be on the way out. But you think he, that 
Pittsburgh would deal him to the Rangers? I mean, it's not like it's not like trading Jake Gensel to Rangers would be a bigger story. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's impossible. But uh, I, it's as much as I might rip a Tarasenko trade to say the Rangers, and just again, just without thinking about it too much, like the Islanders getting him would be a different story. I think there might be a place for him on the Islanders, but that's uh, Jason Zucker. Uh, Tarasenko. Oh, Tarasenko. Yeah, yeah, I still yeah. Think no, for sure. I think, I, I think Tarasenko would help. As I've been beating the drum for a while now, you you acquire you know Vitrano, Tarasenko, that bumps Engvall to the third line, which is where I think he should be, and then Tarasenko, Vitrano play on the second line. So yeah, I think that's I think that's certainly a fit. Um, and you know we'll see. Like I said earlier in the show, if the Islanders beat Tampa Bay tomorrow. You know, get it down to three points, and then from there, you know, make make up further ground on Detroit and Tampa in the next two weeks. Lose looking to buy. So, um, and we'll once again, games in, yes. games in hand. Yes, yes. I think yeah. I think Tarasenko, Vetrano are guys that he has on his list. So we'll see what happens. Going back to Justin, this is my third time going here right now. Why do our GMs love giving up our future for washed-up vets? It pisses me off. My shortest answer on that is because the vets have a track record. Young players don't. And it's mm-hmm. it's mortgaging your future. That's what all GMs will do no matter what. After all, Neil Smith, who we had on our show, you go ahead, check that interview out from back in August. But um, the... The he even traded Todd Marchand for Craig pa- for Craig McTavish. Almost like Craig Patrick. Might as well have been. They were the same age. But um <laughs> joking about that anyway, guys. Um, but Craig McTavish, and he ended up being probably the he might have been the best acquisition for the New York Rangers at the trade deadline that year. Uh if you guys want to if you guys want a decent read, I can't tell you it's my best written article. Check out um uh reunions uh is reunited really feel so good on bahpod.com i'll flash the uh i'll put the article in the description in a minute but vet- they'll always go for the veteran because the veteran's already been through enough that's why they'll always do that chris g is saying if riley smith if we get riley smith i'll cry it's what i want but it ain't happening we need rampant to charge the net and uh see how brave these goalies are I would, I would definitely be scared about that. Jay is saying, Wendy, uh, Wendy blaming the media when his team couldn't score in 17 minutes worth of power play time is wow. Look, the Devils have way too much talent to think of anything else outside that room. I'll put it to you that way. Are they slower than what they've been? Yeah, but are the Devils? The Devils should be looking internally not externally. And that's what makes you just shake your head. Um, Anthony, I got you back now. Uh, one name, one name I can tell you that has been out there is Josh Norris. Um, I can tell you the senators are not shopping him, but they are, they're getting calls on him and they are taking those calls. Um, my guess is that would, for them to move him, who's got a lot of term left on his contract, that would have to be a hockey type trade, talent for talent. Mm-hmm. 
But um, Josh Norris is a real good player. Um, I think if there's a team that could pry him from from Ottawa, uh, would be a team like Boston, who's been looking for a center for a long time. Uh, um, he's he's a high end center. I mean, this is a guy that scored 35 goals a couple of years ago. Uh, I know he was hurt last year with a knee injury. Um, you know, he came back this year. Probably not putting up the numbers he would like, but he's a very good hockey player. I, I would mm. just keep an eye on Josh Norris out there. His name. I could see that name being banded around, but I can't see them moving him. That's way too good of a player. You, you, you and and way too much term on that contract. The it's it's sort of like it. it we would, I don't even know if I'd even put him in a who says no. So. And by the way, uh, I mean, Jay was saying Larmer was the best addition in 1994. Brian Noonan was in there, but Craig McTavish did so much defensively. Anthony, you were saying? Yeah, I don't, I don't expect it to happen unless they, they you know, Senators got a really good deal, like a you know, hockey deal offer. But I do think it's interesting that you know they are listing on the teams that call that call on him. We're going to go back to Ranger Central's got a great question, but Johnny Red was pointing this out. This is what happens with the Islanders struck goal when they got Goring. And ever since then, all teams keep thinking, can they be that lucky? I think it's more strategy, I think, with the Goring thing. History tells mm-hmm. us that Goring slotted everybody in. He shut down the other team's top defenseman. And, um, and that's where... That's where the benefit of Goring is. That's where when you sometimes, like baseball's got this all the time, Anthony. You you insert a player, and then everybody's role changes. Hockey does that too. Yeah. So I, I think that's that really helps. And after all, Butch Goring, Butch Goring could shut down the other team and never go with a penalty box. That's what's even scarier about that when you yeah. look at it back in the day. Uh, but Anthony Rangers. I'm surprised Go Butch ahead, you Goring first. isn't in the hall. I'm surprised Butch Goring isn't in the hall. Agreed. I'm surprised about it too. Because that's more of a defensive center type of deal. Maybe it's because he never won. Did, did did he ever win a Selkie? But I mean, he's got four Stanley Cups. He won. End. He won a, he won a Con Smythe and he won a Lady Bing. Um, he's got four Stanley Cups. And he's got over a thousand games, eight hundred and eighty-eight points. Um, so I know he yeah. doesn't have like a thousand points, but but you know, eight eight eighty-eight in eleven oh seven, eleven oh seven isn't bad. And then you factor in four Stanley Cups and a Con Smythe and a Lady Bing. I mean, it's certainly a case. There's certainly a case to be made. I, I think that's a very good case. I think that's a very good case. Um, Ranger Central right here. Evan's going with this one. I could see if Ottawa, I could see Ottawa needing to make a major shakeup and how, yes. <laughs> and, uh, only Gil, uh, Ganey won the Selkie back then. Well, yeah. Well, that's because writers get locked in 48 of you right now. Everybody. Thanks very much for watching. Keep coming with us. Keep staying with us. Um, I could see Ottawa needs to make a major shakeup. How many times are they going to keep running it back with this core, as he's saying? 
And by the way, great, great line to use right there, Core. But, you know, I, I think Ottawa does need a major shakeup. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Drake Batherson has gone in the offseason. He's a good player. He's 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 a good player, Batherson. Uh, actually, if he was on the market, there'd be a lot of teams that would be highly interested in him. Uh, Justin, going now, back Mark, to you I again. Oh, go ahead. What do you got? I highlighted that qu- that question that was up there because. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, you got rid of it. I don't know. Oh, where is it? Where is it? it? What was the question? Yeah. Question from oh this, this. Uh, and I and I know Anthony loves to talk about Alexei Lafreniere, um, almost as much as I love to talk about Pierre Luc Dubois. Is Lafreniere starting to break out? The short answer is yes. Long answer is uh, Lafreniere looks better than he's been. Here's the thing. If Alexei Lafreniere was drafted, let's say where Filipino was around 20, there's a different expectation for him and there's a different thought pattern that comes with him. This guy will forever have his career linked to two players, Quentin Byfield and Tim Stutzla. Tim Stutzla points wise is a stud. On the other hand, who gives a rat's ass? His team is yet to play a playoff game and they're not even close to playing one anytime soon. Uh, Quentin Byfield looks like he's turned the corner. Looks like he's ready to go. Rangers had a needed center. The Rangers decided to go with Lafreniere. We had more talent. And then the Rangers decided to throw Lafreniere on the third line. Quentin Byfield looks like he's starting and that he's arrived. So, Anthony, here's where it really comes to the question. Are we comparing Lafreniere for his own numbers and his own growth, or are we talking about a guy that's drafted number one overall and comparing him to all the players I am, who are franchise players? I am going to say he's not starting to break out. Um, and I say that because of this. Mark, what line does he play on? The Panarin-Trocek line. Mark, how is Artemi Panarin doing this year in terms of points? Artemi Panarin is among the league leaders in points. Mark, where was Alexei, Alexis Lafreniere drafted? He was drafted number one overall. My last question, Mark, how many points does Lafreniere have? Um, Top of my head, I haven't looked. Uh, he's, we'll say 36. 35. 35, okay. So... Let's let's recap. He's been in the league. What this is fourth season now. Fourth season. Fourth fourth season. He was first overall. He's playing with an elite player on a Tammy Panarin, on a in a top line role, and he has. I know he's. I know he's gonna be. He's gonna be lucky if he breaks. If he breaks fifty, a player of his draft status. Um, if he was that good playing with Artemi Panarin, he should be at 60 points already. Um, it'd be different. Look, if he, if he was, you know, uh, if he was playing a fourth line role or third line role and had 35 points and was pacing for 50 points, 
you know, playing with Mick Vakota and Dale Purinton, I would say, yeah, you know, this, this guy, this guy's the goods. Um, but he's playing with Artemi Panarin in a top line role and he has 35 points and we'll be lucky if he tops 50. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry. That's bad. I'm sorry. That's, that's not for me. That's not good enough. That's, that's, um, not, that's not good enough for the first overall it, pick. Because again, but, but you just answered my question. Not, are you judging him as a first overall pick or a player that needs to be, if he was drafted 20, is it the same problem? It's sort of like if Eli Manning originally in his first few years, if his last name was Smith, would you judge him the same way? I think part of it is Anthony, every Ranger fan should be happy that the growth that he's having, every outside fan should be reacting like you when going, this kid isn't ready for prime time and he might not be the best player in his own draft class. But then again, you look at Dawson Mercer isn't doing that great right now for the New Jersey devils. As I said before, Tim Stutzla, Hey, thank you for checking in with your points. None of them mean anything. Um, but you, you gotta, know, it's, it's, it's more so about, it's, it's more so about the fact that he's playing with an elite player in a top line role and he's still pedestrian. I mean, if if an elite player that dominates me, the puck, by the way. I mean, for me, if he was, I, I just think the numbers should be higher. You know, Rich saying his his production is getting better every season, but it's not. I mean, last last year he had forty nine points, right? He had forty nine points last year. He's on pace mm-hmm. for fifty no, this year. No, thirty nine. Thirty nine. He had thirty nine. He had thirty nine. He didn't cross forty. Oh, check it again. Right, well, Taco case, went over forty. Yeah, it's still like a ten point. It's like a ten point improvement, but still. But I mean, I but don't. Again, going with what you're saying, keep going. Uh, well, I was gonna say was that like it should be now that he's playing in a in more of a role with with uh, you know an elite player. Um, I would I me personally, if I was a Ranger fan, I would want to see him already be at this point in the season, like you know, 50 points right now, not let alone being on pace when he's going to finish with 50. I think for me to be happy, he should have like 50 or so right now. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, and I think, I, I think a lot of, I think a lot of Ranger fans were so excited when they drafted him first overall, they thought mm-hmm. they were getting another Jack Hughes and they were getting this elite player, which is why these comments come from John. Trying yeah. to like rationalize, trying to rationalize that he that he is meeting expectations. Um, I'm gonna to I'm re- gonna back I, up a little bit what John says in a second. I I get it, I get it. Yes, he's is he improved from last year? Yeah, yes, he, he's. I think there is. I think there is improvement. But I mean, at some point, results and points matter. You could say he's been the third best player in the team all year, if he's still not producing, what, what is it, you know, what does it matter? I mean, that's, I mean, there are plenty, you look at, you could look at guys that play in the NHL that have a good motor and they're responsible. They play well, but they don't last because at the end of the day, they don't finish and whatever excuse you make for them, you, at the, at the end of the day, you don't get the results that matter, which are points and goals. And 
you know, yeah, fine. If he wants to, if he wants to develop into a, you know, defensive specialist, fine. Every team needs those players, but which is what it looks like. Kako's developing into. You're you're expecting him to be an elite offensive player, and uh, for me, again, I I would if I were a Ranger fan, I would want to see him have at least fifty points, sixty points at this point in the season, especially especially playing with who he's playing with. That's 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 all I'm saying. Now, let me say this to you in in your case. Um, Christy is saying Ranger fans will do everything but accept the accountability to preserve their dignity. It's actual insanity. Um, uh, All right, but let me say this first. Let me back up, Anthony, and then let me go against him a little bit. Um, The first thing to say for Anthony is if I told you I had a player on my team right now with 15 goals and 17 assists, and he was like a minus 10 or something like that. And you'd say, well, is that Alexei Lafreniere? No, it's Kyle Palmieri. It's, it's, you, you're not going to be as impressed. Palmieri was not drafted first overall. Does yes. getting drafted first overall come into the criticism? Of course it does. Now, we're getting to the point where Alexei Lafreniere is just a player. He's not a first overall draft pick. He's just a player. Now, I test will tell you, Alexei Lafreniere should be somewhere around 25 to 26 goals this season. The guy has hit more. Sorry, hold on a second. Alexa, shut up. So anyway, I'll just refer to him as Lop the rest of the time, just so that way that doesn't happen. But Lafreniere is, he's, he should have more goals. He was a little bit snake bit for a while this year. His playmaking has been very good. Laviolette and the Rangers coaching staff think so well of him. Anytime there's a sixth uh, skater on the ice, it's Lafreniere. Like Lafreniere is the next guy over. Have there been flashes? Sure. Have there has there been consistency? Of course not. We're we're not saying that there is. And I think that's the number one thing when it comes to Lafreniere. And I think there is truth in the middle, guys. I do think there's a lot more for Lop to improve. First step, first, first step for Lop for Nier. For anything, get the 40 points. He gets five more points. That helps in his own confidence. He gets the 20 goals. That helps in his own confidence. And if you don't think those things are mental checkpoints, then go run, let's say, for instance, the Jones Beach Trail. That's over on the Wontaw Parkway. You're trying to get all the way to the beach. You're getting over the first bridge, the second bridge, the draw bridge at the end. Those things are all mental checkpoints. It just happens. So, again, the truth is in the middle, Anthony. Is he a bust for a first overall pick as of right now? Yes. But that book is still left to be unwritten. And he could easily figure that one out. Because, after all, uh, Every every Ranger fan wants to give up on Kaka right now. As Stars fans, that they wish they didn't give up on Valerian and Jushkin. Jushkin. Yeah. Um. I guess I, I I just I just go back to, you know, when you're when you're first overall pick, uh, when you're in your fourth season now, I think that you should. You should be not like an elite player or the best player in the league, but you should at least 
be more than a guy that, you know, will finish with 50 points in this season. Like I, I think right now in his development, you know, given the opportunity that he's playing with Artemi Panarin, I would have expected at a bare minimum, like a 65 point season from him. And it looks like we might just get a 50 point season. Um, and to me, that's, that's not, that's not good enough. It's, it's, it's not, it's not good enough. Um, and you know you what? Need to get, get more, you need to get more out of them. Um, you know, and I understand David saying development isn't linear. I, I, I get that, but it has nothing to do with development being linear. It's about if you're, if, if you're truly good enough and you have that much skill, you, it would have, your skill would have come out at some point and over, overcome whether it be bad coaching or like, for instance, years prior. Yeah. He didn't get, he didn't get utilized maybe as well as he should have. But then again, the reason for that is, is because he didn't play well enough to earn it. And if he was as yeah. skilled as it was, like for instance, if he was, if he was Jack Hughes, you would have seen the skill oozing out of him in those years. And he would have, you know, he would have been given the opportunity to, to really take it and soar. You never, you never really saw that with him. So I don't, I don't, you know, I necessarily don't buy the whole argument that he wasn't given a fair shake because Again, I think that if you're if you're really that good, you know, you your first year you start in the third line, you're going to get moved up because the coach is going to see that you're clearly playing at a higher level than anyone else on your line and you slowly but surely are going to get moved up. And that that never that never happened. And now here we are playing with Artemi Panarin on the first line and you look at him and you say to yourself like when I watch him play, my like, oh, that's that's a that's a solid player right there. I don't know, I, and I say that because I think, Keep I, think going. He is, I think he is solid. I think he's solid. But any Ranger fan is a homer or lying to themselves if you could if you look at if you look at Jack Hughes play and you look at Lafreniere and that person says to themselves, "Oh, I see that skill in Lafreniere that Hughes has." Both places, like you don't because it's not there. Hughes is a Hughes is close, close, not quite. He's he's close to a generational type of talent with the type of skill he has. Um, Lafreniere doesn't have that skill inside of him, and that's not a knock on him. He, he's he's a he's a good player. He's just not his. He's not in the mold of Jack Hughes, Mitch Marner, um, Austin Matthews. Uh, you know, Elias Pettersson. You know, these are these are high, high end elite Six, players number one. that you could see it. You could see it right away in yeah. them that they are gonna be that way. And Laf is not is not that. Which by the way thank you is that. is not now, first off, I've been waiting to play this clip for the last couple seconds. Because after all well, to be fair to be fair to be fair to be fair. To be fair yeah, and look, Lop has shown that he might have the talent, but you need to have the brains to put that together. And even though he's got the attitude of the moxie, I'm not sure if he had exactly the technical <laughs> know-how to do it. Now, I do think him playing third-line minutes or less under David Quinn slowed down development when you were number one draft pick. So let's take year one off the table. Uh, George Gallant didn't know what to do with him. Let's take year two ish 
but year, but at the end of year two, that's when he had the the kid line or the lottery line, whichever one anybody wanted to call it, the Kako, Lafreniere, and Hedel line, and that looked like it was flourishing, and that was all by accident. The Rangers never had a plan what they wanted to do with Alexa Lafreniere. And the fact that you were able to say that about double draft pick is pretty damning for your franchise. And it really is. Because at least when I know uh, that Connor Bedard got drafted, there's a plan. And Kyle Davidson was doing the best to put a plan around him. I don't see that with Lafreniere. I don't see that with any draft pick in any organization almost ever. What number one overall draft pick goes to a place and he's third in the depth charts? I mean, even Owen Power, when he decided, I'm going to go back to college, he was still number two. So it wasn't it wasn't a big deal. But this is where everybody is right in this. It, does Lafreniere still have a future? Yes, of course. Does it look like they're mm-hmm. going to keep him around? Yes, of course. Um, But... He's not a slam dunk franchise player right now for the New York Rangers. But I would be cautious about moving on from him. Same thing with Kako. I, I have a feeling if Kako moves on elsewhere, his development's going to shoot up and the Rangers are going to hate him. And this and this is this is a fair point. Um and I think I think I, I agree with this and I think most people would. Uh, but my and I think it's clear he's not any of these guys. But my issue is my issue is is I struggle with seeing because the, these guys that he's mentioned that he mentions here, I mean, outside of Bedard, because the obviously the, the jury still had his first year. Um outside of guys like that, you know, Hughes, Pedersen that I mentioned, I'm not I'm not even sure he's the next tier down of overall like first overall picks like John Tavares. Like even John Tavares was, you know, hit eighty plus a couple of times. Um, did he get 90? He might have gotten 89 or 90 in his first year in Toronto. Uh, I don't I don't see Lafreniere in, in that in that level either. I mean I don't I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna score 80 points, 90 points. I I think I mean what I I see I see a Six, like a sixty to seventy point guy, and that's not, that's not bad. That's that's it's not, not bad. bad I mean, I think anybody would take a would take a sixty to to seventy point player on you know on your team. Um, but I don't, I don't even think he's he's John Tavares point production. Um, and I'm not listen. You could cherry pick stats. I'm not talking about five on five. I'm talking about point totals at the end of at the end of a year I don't I don't know like like I said John Tavares has had years where he's had 80 points close to 90 points I don't think and I could be wrong I'll be gladly to admit I'm wrong I've done it before I don't think Lafreniere is gonna score reach that level 80 90 points I think he's gonna settle in between a 65 and 70 point player when he in a few years maybe I don't I don't even think he's John Tavares. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, but also let's let's also not kid ourselves. He's playing on a team where he's not going to be the focal point of the team at, at any point. There's Kreider, there's Zibanejad, there's Panarin, there's Vinny Trocek who came in in the middle of his career 
and is more of a focal point of the team than Alexei Lafreniere. Now, and I'm not saying all these are bad things or good things or whatever. I'm saying that's what does hinder improvement. What <clears throat> other teams would draft a first and a second overall player in back-to-back years, and they're not the focal points of their franchise? I'm not even sure if they're in the seven and eight category of the focal points of that franchise. Because for the Rangers, you had Sisterkin coming in to replace Longquist. So there's one. Then you have, uh, again, as Christie's saying right here, right here, Marner, Matthews, Nylander, Kane, Taves, Malk, and Crosby is going down the list. They were all amazing at 22. Stop this now. But, but again, Chris, those, all those players you just mentioned in there, and we could bring it up again if we wanted to, but let's just say all those players that you mentioned right in there, they were all brought in to be the number one center, the number two guy. Lafreniere has been a number three guy, and even his natural position is left wing. So he's got to learn a brand new position, which you get some of us that play NHL 2000 or whatever number you want to say it is. I forgot what year we're on. I'm sorry. I'm old. No, I can't help that. But it's, so, it's, Mark, it's a you, lot harder you, you than are... to think. You are you are right. You are right. And what David is is kind of reaffirming the point that you're making. But now I go back to this and ask you if you put if you put Eli- I'm just going to pick a player. If you put Elias Pettersson on the third line, what do you think would happen? He would he's insanely skilled. He most likely would would have would have showed that he deserves to be moved up with his play and he would have re- but so we it's a kind of a circle that we just keep going back to. If Lafreniere was a skilled as the other guy, despite playing on the third line, his play would have dictated him being moved up to the first line, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the part that is missing inside of his inside of his game. He's not all right. Glad you said that. Those guys. Because Anthony, let's keep that circle going a little bit. When you look up and you know you're not going to make it there because they're playing some half-wit like Ryan Strom on the top power play unit. Yes, they did. And you're going, all right, well, am I ever going to get a shot at this? Or Colin Blackwell was on power play too? It's, it, they're, these are they're some of these things. It, it then kills your confidence. And once your confidence is shot, it doesn't matter anything else. That's what's so big about the reason why Kako is now being talked about with the New York Rangers because he was just on a five-game point-scoring streak because you need your confidence. If you don't have your confidence in doing anything, you're completely lost. And no matter how good of a player you think you are, if you think everybody else perceives you as garbage, it doesn't matter. You could could be Wayne Gretzky. You could be Pavel Datsuk. You're not going to do anything. I I mentioned... I mentioned I mentioned Tavares before, and now I know I recognize obviously when he was. I know I know when he, when he was drafted, he was obviously the Islanders' number one center, right right away. But what yeah. the point I'm going to make here is Tavares's skating mark was was dreadful in his first in his first year, and Correct. the Islanders were, and the Islanders were an abomination of talent. I mean. 
you took a guy like Matt Molson, who was a nobody, turned him into a 30-goal scorer the first year. But Tavares, despite all that, being a terrible skater in his first year and having no talent around him, he had 54 points in his rookie year. Now, 54 points in your rookie year, despite getting, I know, you know, top-line minutes, he still scored 54 points in his first year, and he was a terrible skater and had no talent around him. Like, that – like, I don't – like – I don't know if that's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't even know if Lafreniere is is John Tavares. I think he's. I think he's more. I think he's more Nico Nico Hishier. and even honestly, even Nico Hishier scored had, eighty had points in last season. Early. Yeah, had 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 more success early in his career, but. I don't know. Well, I, going back to going back to this, this is the difference between Nico Heischer and every other player that we've talked about. How many number one overall draft picks have to look at their coach to be like, "Am I going out next shift, or is it going to be somebody else?" And before everybody says, "Oh, it's it's Lafreniere," and by the way, yes, and 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 look, Chris T, you're right about this. And I know he's cherry picking this because you're back. He's back. You're backing up his point. I have no problem with yeah. this. Both, both can be right at the same time. Anthony's got the numbers, yeah. and the numbers are backing up Anthony's point. But what I'm trying to say with this is, when you don't know your role, you you have to look to the coach and go, "Well, what am I doing?" That's a huge problem. And now, if if I say that for a number one overall draft pick, that's a tremendous problem. The Rangers needed to have a plan. They needed to have a plan for all these guys. And it seemed like there was a plan in place for Kako. And then David Quinn decided to blow it up because of a bad penalty. People forget about forget this about Capo Kako. Capo Kako had, I believe, seven goals in his first month and a half as New York Ranger. And was he bad defensively? Oh, God, he was atrocious. But on the other hand, he takes a bad penalty in Calgary, sees the pine, and then he never gets power play time almost the rest of the of his career under David Quinn. No. So when you got you somebody, and we can say it, by the way, guys, I'd, before Anthony replies, I got to say this. We can say this in our own lines. If your boss has no confidence in you, it affects your work. That's simple. Go ahead, Anthony. You know, oddly enough, I don't know if you saw it. It came out, it came out on a, Amazon Prime in Canada a couple weeks ago, but it was a documentary about Alexander Daig. Um, I've been looking for it. I can't find it. it. It's because in the U.S. it's available on ESPN Plus. Um, but I watched okay. it, and it was actually a good watch. You know, you know, Daig was billed as the second coming of Lemieux, and you know, and I think everyone, if you bring up Alexander Daig, their first their first thought is going to say bust. In his first, in his rookie, and despite that, in his first year, his rookie season, he had twenty, he had like twenty goals and and fifty one points, um, and then in his career went on to have fifty points a couple more times, but is considered a bust by by and large. So you know you have a guy like here, you have a guy here, and Alexander Dig is probably viewed as one of the biggest busts of all time, and had fifty one points in his rookie year on a apps on a Ottawa Senators team that lost like 70 games. So, and I know it's apples to oranges, but, you know, Dagan in his first year at 50 points in the league and, you know, Lafreniere here, here he is in his fourth and, 
is just struggling to break 50. Um, and in, this is in, an interesting correlation. In a, I don't want to say a more offensive era because the 93 was offense beyond the charts. It went from 93 where you had, oh God, Phil could tell us. I think like, I want to say, say like 10 hundred point scores to 80, uh, sorry, 94 where there was like none. And it was like that for a while, except for Mario and Yager in, in the 90s. I know that off the top of my head. But I, again, I'm just doing this all the time. I had guys, sorry. Now, but Dig was brought in to be the superstar on, on an expansion team. Fans are perceiving that Lafreniere is the number one overall draft pick and should be this. The team did not use him as that. There was never any point where the New York Rangers made him the focal point of their team, did anything. And not saying whether or not he'd be successful. And I'll check that. Uh, Dig also said how unmotivated he was and how much he didn't want to play hockey. I didn't get that impression from left. You know what? At the beginning of the year, we were we were talking about this with Lafreniere, if you remember, Anthony. We were talking about um, in the preseason, he went one-on-one against a Bruins goalie. I forget his name in the preseason. And the, the guy stood the task and got him. And Kako's the one that looked like he was taking the next step. That being said, Lafreniere looks better right now. Lafreniere looks like he is he is taking that step. Now, is he going to be a superstar? Of course not. We're not saying that yet. Nobody is. He's not gonna we're not we're not writing his speech to go into the hall into Toronto. It's not, it's just not there yet. It's but is he better? So JE, I repeat what I said before. Is he breaking out? The, the short answer is yes, he is. The long answer is mm, not really. Because if you watch his play, <laughs> he looks like a better player. The numbers do not back the dictate it. And I could take the Anthony stance and say the Bill Parcells line. The record is who it, you, it says you are. Not on, There's no points for moral victories. On the other hand, this looks like a kid that's starting to figure it out. And take, for instance, for the New York Rangers, every Ranger fan wants to bring this up, Anthony, that, oh, look at JT Miller now. JT Miller has been out of the organization since 2018. He had to be moved out of Tampa Bay, and his second season or third season of Vancouver, that's when he got to 100 points. Oh, no, they shouldn't have given up a JT Miller. It only took 10 years for him to figure it out. There's... There's been a lot of talk about Trevor Zegras. For instance, would you would you trade Lafreniere for Zegras? Oof. And by the way, I got to go with Pop and Suck saying cannot give up on Lafie just yet. <clears throat> would I trade Trevor Zegras for Lafreniere? There's a couple of factors that go into it. Let's take away Filipino. Filipino is healthy next year, which I don't think he ever will be ever again. So that's, that's one factor. I'm not saying that as a bit as anything. I'm just saying it is. Do the Rangers need more help at wings? I'm going to say right now, the Rangers need Lafreniere as a wing more than they need Zegras as a center. And also I'm not convinced Trevor Zegras cares about anything, but stardom. I can tell you this Lafreniere wants to win a Stanley cup 
it that's that's in him. I've seen it with the way he's talked about his role on the Rangers and the way he's played. Now, I again I think Zegers is more on, on the stardom right now. I don't think Zegers is ready for that yet. And you guys tell me in the comments, am I wrong? I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised so many people are saying no. I mean, Zegers six, 61 points last um sorry, two years ago. 65 points this year. So already much better product production than than Lafreniere. So I'm curious. I'm curious as to reason why there are so many right. no's here. I will bite I mean, on that one Zegris, right now. And let me uh let Zegris, me bite on that as well. Lafreniere this season, he's averaging 17, 17 minutes, 19 seconds worth of ice time. In his career before this, and this is averaging in last season, 15 minutes and two seconds. Let me actually uh, go to the standard numbers right now. Um, his first season to last, so I'm going to take that out. 14 minutes, 25 seconds, average ice time of usage. Of usage. usage. The hell was that? Um, Trevor Zegras, on the other hand, thus far, 17 minutes worth of usage. Because Trevor Zegras is in a situation where he doesn't have to turn around and wonder whether or not his coach is playing him. I, I keep going back to this. It's what roles happen. It's stuff that happens with this. Now, is he a bust in your eyes? Yes. But I'm saying circumstances are there. And I'm telling you, if the Rangers moved on from him, they would regret it tomorrow. I think I think Zegers is more is the more talented player. But I mean like Rob Shrimp was super talented and never stuck. I'm not saying that I don't think that's the case with Zegers because oh, oh, like I said, Zegers already has Zegers already has two sixty plus point seasons, but um I, I think it's a trade that Anaheim would say no to as well, though. So I guess in, in, at the end of the day, it wouldn't really matter. I think Anaheim would, would decline as well. But um, yeah, I think I think Zegris. I think Zegris. Now that they got Cutter Goche, like, you think they would they would turn that down? Yeah, I think they're going to turn because again, Zegris is already a sixty point player. Why why would they move him for a guy who's you know who, who's struggling just to reach? 50 right now so i don't i don't um mm -hmm. i don't think anaheim would go for it uh by the way um david brought up these two names it's obvious two ones everybody thinks about first overall bus stefan yakupov but i'll throw out there eric johnson eric johnson wasn't exactly much for the st louis blues and then they traded him and got back uh was it was it stewart um, I can remember who they got. I think it was Chris Stewart. So they got back and there was nothing that came from that. By the way, JD orchestrated that move. I'm fairly certain of that one. This is without me doing my research at the moment, guys. So, uh, Mr. Fantastic is saying, here's the question. Uh, who, if people think Loff is a bust, who should they have taken? By the way, that's not the issue. That's, that's actually not the issue. Because I still think they weren't taking byfield. They weren't, even though there was a needed center, they were not taking byfield. All the reports said Lafreniere a bus, Lafreniere a bus. They were not going down the Stutzla. And every Ranger fan that wants to say, oh, they should have taken Stutzla. Nope. No, 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 no. Wasn't happening. 
Chris, I'm going to answer, answer that question when, um, uh, and by the way, John Radigan saying it like this, to move off of both players is the wrong move. That's right. Uh, the backhanded roofer the other night showed uh, that he has some midichlorians. I love that in his blood. Uh, speaking about which, Mr. Fantastic, uh, man, Star Wars, I really wish they could figure it out. That Ray movie ain't looking like uh, pretty good. I would love to know where all the no uh, the nose are right here. Brad, by the way, uh, Anthony, before we close out this question, any news on Sezikis's injury? Uh, no, he was said to be um, being reevaluated uh, today. So I guess we'll probably hear something tomorrow before the Islanders uh, game against Tampa Bay. And again, by the way, I think a lot of the problem is you're going to get, no matter who you get, the Rangers got Trevor Zegers tomorrow, Anthony. He's not even on the top power play unit. Like that's, they, they wouldn't do that because that's not the way they're, they're, they're not going to usurp Zabanajad and they're not going to, um, they're not going to get rid of Chochek on there. And Phil and I, you know, we've argued about this for a while, but so it's, it's part of the problems that they have. Um, they got Shattenkirk for him. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Blues got Shatty and Stewart. Thank you very much. I thought it was Stewart. Uh, Chris, it was, I think it was Chris Stewart that they got and Shattenkirk. Well, they ended up getting Shattenkirk, the, the pick that became Shattenkirk, if I recall correctly. Uh, as much as I would cry to her, his presence has stunned, stunned, uh, Lafreniere's development. Yeah. But again, I think, I think also Anthony, this is where we're at. You're going with results. I'm going with opportunity. And if he was a right wing, might have been a different story. But he's not. He's left wing. And that was... Um, no, I think it was still Stewart. Uh, Anthony, by but the way, he, while you walked away, I said Eric Johnson, uh, what the picks, when people talk about but, first overall you know, picks. Yeah. You said you 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 go more so with the opportunity, but again, I I counter with that is is in he's he's playing with Artemi Panarin now, and he still only has thirty five points like that. Don't you see? Like if he was if he was truly as as skilled as many people thought, he had more than thirty five points. Like Mark, I'll ask you this question: If Matt if if Matt Barzell played on the top line with Artemi Panarin, would Matt Barzell have thirty five points? No, Matt Barzell would have more. Now, no. now again, so that's, again, that's, that has to that's do the with, point. but, but I'm again, that, that's all right. All right. Let me ask you this. You leave the Spitfires and go to a different team. They have never seen you play. Yeah. Are you on the, are you on the top line tomorrow? No, they're going to play there. They're going to play their guys. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, that's where the hard part is. And I think that's the problem when you have when you have these two kids that were drafted into an organization where things were entrenched. Anthony, do you really have food in the microwave? Yeah, yeah it was done. <laughs> I was out. I'm gonna run in like I'm gonna run in like two minutes. No, no, we're both gonna run. It's all right. By the way, everybody, spirit of discussion. Forty two of you is still with us <laughs> right now. Um, and again, as Mister Statistic is right here saying, they need a right wing. 
they can't play VZ on the top line. Bujdevich would have been perfect. And look, if I knew that this was going to be what the end line was, I would have said keep Bujdevich. But instead, even I looked at it and went, the way you win Stanley Cups is to have calf space and younger players. And the and the Rangers had that. Instead, they never invested in these two players. And whether or not they're good or not, we'll find out maybe on their next teams that they're on. And for Ranger fans, it's going to be horrifying. But it's it's certainly something I would look at and think, the jury's still out, even though I'm closer to your side, Anthony. I know you want me to say it. I'm saying I'm closer <laughs> to your side. I'm leaning more, more towards Loff being a bust, but I still think Loff has plenty of time. Can't who? You've been... Can't hear you, Mark. I don't think Mark knows that he's can't that he can't hear, fellas. That he can't. I mean, now I think now he's aware. <laughs> even even though uh, even though lose. Big Lou's general manager of the Islanders. He got he got pissed off and muted Mark. He's censoring he, you, Mark. How is he going into StreamYard and doing that? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 he's Big Lou. These are the type of things he does. Yeah. By the way, thank you guys. But I really, I, I really wish I got to talk to him when I saw him because I, I was going to go up to him uh, and I was going to introduce myself. I don't know if I would have mentioned Mark Williams. I could joke around and say I would have right now, but uh, I was uh, certainly certainly going to talk to Lou, but unfortunately, didn't get the uh, didn't get the opportunity to. Guy's the greatest mind in American hockey history. When you count the amount of Americans he put on the Stanley Cup, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I can name three off the top of my head, but, and he, he's been doing this since he was a director of Providence. So we, yeah. uh, and the guy ran an organization the way it should be run. So <laughs> it's good. You know, I might be sleeping with the fishes. I know. <laughs> I, I only would have been sleeping with the fishes. If when I went up to him, I said, Hey Lou, go out and acquire Frank for Toronto. Then I probably would have been sleeping with the fishes. That's for sure. Oh, he would have given you um, that stare. Yeah. He would have. Right remember, remember the, remember the video last year? Um, where someone saw him in the Islander game and he was yelling at him, hey, Lou, get Bo Horvat. And then like a week later, he got him. You edited you yeah. edited, edited that video. It happened that, that was uh, that guy. I don't know if that guy was ever heard from again. I, I'm not sure if he ever was. And the, the stare yeah. he gave. Yeah. yeah. That was the Anthony, the stare that he gave him was like this. Yeah. It was just, yeah. dude, dude, I'm working on it. Shut up, shut up. You talking about this isn't going to help me. Uh, <laughs> All right, yeah, guys. We are going to sign off right. right now. Um, I got Bob Bye playing. Oh, wow. Anthony. Anthony, out of there like that. This is, uh, as you guys know, this is a song from my cousin, my cousin Phil, um, who passed away in 2011. Uh, prostate cancer. Make sure you're always getting it checked. 
One more time, guys. I just want to say this. The show is dedicated to Bob Williams. Dad, I'll be saying my goodbye to you in about two weeks in Arizona. Um, one more time, the picture of him right there. Uh, just, guys, always make sure you're telling your father you love him. And um, it sucks. And I, I, I am happy that I have had a wonderful fiance that has been right by me the last two days and dealt with me in the um, the worst moments. And um, also, the uh, you know, I'm blessed to have friends that I was able to hang around with. I'm going to see a few more probably in a few hours. Look, today I felt a lot better than I have the last couple days. And I'm a very, very, very lucky man. I have all you guys to talk about hockey with, and that's what matters. So, all right. Um, we got, yeah. So, <laughs> I should use sign language. Wait, all right. But, guys, good show. Thank you. And, uh, Justin, thank you for joining us. By the way, Esatikinen, you had it on there. He was acquired at the 93 deadline um, for Doug Waite. So that was it. And again, oh, guys, thank you, everybody. Um, it's been a long week. But Mike, thank you. By the way, you should contact Mike, uh, who does life insurance policies. So uh, you should always, you need something, go to him. Uh, I can always give you his information in case if anybody's interested. But guys, it is, yeah, I'll do a shot for him again later. I did one for him before. Guys, thank you very much, everybody. Um, it's uh, it's it's still a long way to go. A lot to talk about with the trade deadline in two weeks. And like I said, I'll be seeing you guys in Arizona probably on the weekly show right before the trade deadline. So there is going to be a lot we are going to be talking about. So stay with us right now, and I will bid you all adieu.